Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. In Washington, D.C., lawmakers have their eye on a student debt forgiveness plan. But would such a bailout actually help the young adults weighed down? by massive debt, or would this just be a Band-Aid on a broken system? Is it time to get past the headlines and think again about higher education? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We know that President Biden has been under a great deal of pressure from his own party to do a massive student loan forgiveness package and uh, really look at what that would actually mean, what that would actually do, and would that actually impact the cost and effectiveness of higher education? Uh, it's a it's a think-again moment and a think-again approach, I think, in terms of what do we actually do and, and what would that do uh, in terms of prices? Uh, I want to go back to, uh, to late last week. Senator Ben Sass said in a speech at the Reagan uh, Presidential Library that rebuilding America is going to require a lot of work, including major work on education reform. Take a listen. We should break up the higher education accreditation cartels. We should make education a dynamic sector again rather than a soulless 19th century assembly line. Let's encourage corporate level certification programs so that workers can focus on developing portable skills that will never again be one and done. Let's stop pretending like every college experience has to look like an Ivy League school and that every class should be three hours per week, every semester should be 15 weeks, every degree program is eight semesters, and let's instead unleash social entrepreneurs to build a cornucopia of new arrangements for kids, to build skills for the jobs today and for jobs in data science that don't even exist yet, and let's experiment with hundreds more entry points into education and lifelong education because we need tens of millions more of our kids to shout aha when the light bulb goes off and to fall in love with learning. So first, beginning with falling in love with learning is to me the first and last and everything in between that we have to get to. Uh, Sadly, we are producing far too many students of all ages uh, that have no desire to continue learning. They, they shut it down. They power down after they're done with high school, after they finish a formal degree. And we know in this rapid fire world that we live in, uh, you're going to have to learn, relearn, unlearn, and learn again countless times over the course of your career. And so learning how to learn is important. Learning to love learning is paramount. And so do we need a different kind of system? And so when we talk about bailing out a student loan, what we're really doing is we're rewarding bad behavior. Because we know many of those that are carrying that student debt 
are people who didn't graduate, who didn't get through the system, or who didn't get into a profession that could actually keep up with the payments they're now paying on that debt. And so we need to reframe how we do that. Because otherwise, we just keep making the same mistakes over and over. And what that does, when I say reward bad behavior, that the average the average cost of college tuition and fees at a four-year institution has climbed 180%, 180% over the last 20 years. And if you compare that to something like healthcare, which has also gone through the moon, Healthcare costs have only gone up 58%, which is still extraordinary and way too high. But the problem is, is that far too many universities can take in that federal dollars without useful tools to, to measure student outcomes. And, and they're not motivated to resist the price hike. So these students are taking out these huge loans at what has been artificially suppressed interest rates until recently without considering, you know, what that degree is actually going to do. Does it justify the debt? So what Senator Sass is promoting is, hey, we got to have a different approach to this. And we can do a combination of things. We recognize that some things need to be done on site, on campus. That makes sense. Not everybody needs that. Not every degree needs that. If you're learning English, your freshman English class, uh, whether that class is taking place in uh, in Boston or Baton Rouge or in Beaver, Utah, it's the same. English is English. Now you have some things that need to be tailored for sure. But, but the problem continues to be that if there is always federal money available, there's no incentive to innovate. There's no incentive to cut costs, and there is no incentive to have accountability in terms of outcomes. And there's no business on the planet that can function or be successful if they aren't worried about cost, if they aren't committed to innovation, and if they're not holding people accountable for results. There's nothing else that can do that. But if universities realize that, hey, we can charge whatever we want because the federal government's going to give out loans, guaranteed loans, to whomever for whatever, there's not a whole lot of incentive there. So we've got to change the incentives because we have to create a, a learning culture in our society. Uh, we should also recognize that a lot of those that are being bailed out are those that are doing okay. Those who have graduated and have jobs and and are able to. Uh, And so in many ways, a lot of this is rewarding uh, the upper income earners uh, rather than those who maybe were taken advantage of by the system or a system that didn't have the right checks and balances in place or that they weren't exactly told what this degree they were chasing and taking out debt for was going to produce for them. And again, we have to realize this is not a one-size-fits-all kind of approach. This is not a monolithic system. And so we've got to change it. We've got more people going back to school than ever before. More people entering school for the first time 
later in life than ever before. And so why not adapt, adjust, tweak everything? We've learned some things work really well online during the course of the pandemic. We've learned some things work really horribly online during the course of the pandemic. So we can we can learn from those. Uh, Senator Sass also pointed out a number of things in terms of uh, the tyranny of four-year degrees, the the credit hour that has to be, you know, 15 uh, credit, sem- uh, excuse me, uh, 15 to uh, 20 people, you know, per class or having the large classes that you often have as a, as a fresh uh, freshman uh, in college or looking at those stackable credits and what could be done in that space is, is also an important one. Uh, that transparency in terms of what the net price is going to mean uh, so that that can be a little bit more targeted. Uh, Making sure that we're targeting funding towards the right students. That we make sure we align government policies to encourage that laboratory of democracy approach, some experimentation in terms of what works and what doesn't. And I think higher ed needs to have some more skin in the game in terms of accountability. That's a conversation worth having for sure. Uh, you could also look at some differentiators in terms of the uh, price by field of study. That They're not all the same. So why do we charge everybody exactly the same for how many credit hours and how many semesters and so on? Uh, there, there's ways to get at this. But we have to remember who is incentivized to, to actually get to it is the bigger question. So student forgiveness misses the the moment, I think. It just misses it because it rewards bad behavior uh, and it doesn't change the system. And if we're not willing to change the system, we're going to have the same conversation four years from now and 10 years from now. And so it's time to think differently about how we think, how we learn, and what education is needed for a learning country to lead the future. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.